Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. I am Kevin. He is Gordon. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address if you'd like to write in with the Guess My PR Challenge. Internet coach, you got a Kick of the Week nominee. We will take it all. Uh, subscribe to the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube channel if you haven't already or the FlowTrack YouTube page. On uh, today's show, we'll do our Kick of the Week for this week. We'll also talk about some NCAA results that we didn't get to over the weekend, we did a proper pre-classic recap right after the meet. I did that one solo. So we'll start first with uh, getting Gordon's thoughts on the Prefontaine Classic. Yeah, thanks for having me. Apologies, my voice is a little rasp. I lost it throughout the weekend. Hopefully, <laughs> I have it back throughout the next few days. So sorry if I sound a little, a little crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, man. Pre, I, I felt like it didn't disappoint. I felt like it gave a lot of unique um, results that some you saw coming, some you didn't see coming. And it, we'll talk about this throughout the pod, but it flipped a lot of narratives. It flipped a lot of preconceived notions on a lot of these athletes going into worlds, some for good, some for, excuse me, some for bad. And I thought it'd be cool if we kind of go through all the notable moments and races and see who flipped the narrative in the positive or negative way. I thought that'd be mm -hmm. a cool little mini pod we could do tonight. Yeah. Well, today, today, just, we need to get Sorry. a, we need to get a, can we get a cough drop sponsor just for Gordon? Oh, yeah. This reminds me of me a couple months ago when I was sick every two weeks and coming on the show and sneezing and coughing and telling Colt to show B-roll so I could, blow my nose uh yeah let's do that i mean this sort of functioned as a pre-world championship in a way because you had you know the same site but also you had a lot of the the big players and a lot of the events not all the events there were definitely some events that were completely missing and then events where fields weren't big but there were some fields um that mimicked world championships so let's start first uh what was your first narrative that you think got flipped 
based on the Prefontaine Classic results? Yeah, start with the big one, and it is Shakari Richardson. Her second place finish, probably the most uh, narrative moving second place finish you can have out there. A lot of people don't talk about the second place finisher, but with Shakari Richardson, you're going to. And getting second in a race can sometimes be not that impressive, but you look at the names that finished third, fourth, fifth, sixth in that race, a lot of those names are people who will make a world final. And when you are beating multiple potential world finalists, you are setting yourself up for being in the medal contention. And I believe Shikari went from MIA, what's going on? Where are you? Is this a flash in the pan? To now, hey, I ran the sixth fastest time this year. Hey, I'm just getting started. Hey, don't forget, guys. Remember when I ran 10 sevens all these times, like just a year ago? So mm-hmm. I think she carried flipped the narrative from MIA, flash in the pan, to legitimate medal contender. She's not a legitimate gold medal contender because Elaine Thompson, Iran, Shelly, and Fraser Price have shown no signs of letting go of that one potential one-two sweep. But Shakari, legitimately, I could see getting third now in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's the people she beat. There's also the margin to Thompson-Hurrah. I mean, finishing .13 behind Thompson-Hurrah is a good result. Like If you run all of your races, no, I'm serious. If you run all your races .13 behind Elaine Thompson-Hurrah, you're going to run some fast times. And you're going to win some medals. I mean, if I told you she's going to finish this the same distance back at World Championships, would you say she medals, Richardson? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, Thompson Ross really good. I mean, if Thompson Ross in ends up running ten six or ten five again, then then being only a tenth back is going to be a very impressive result. So I look at it from that perspective too. How close did you keep it? Now you could say, all right. Thompson Raw wasn't pressed. She could have pushed the gas pedal even farther down and got even quicker. But then you could look at the other side of it, which is the, the people she beat. She beat Sharika Jackson. She beat Dina Asher Smith, right? She beat a lot of the top U.S. names as well, too. But, you know, job number one for her is going to be make the team. And right now, I think we both have her now as a favorite to make the team. Yeah, I mean, Tanisha Terry is good. You know, and yeah, Tiana Daniels is going to make it the team. So you beat someone who's really good and someone who's probably going to make the team. You like Richardson's chances to move on. And we're going to see if if this is her, her peak or is there still some room for her to grow? Because mm-hmm. there was the expectation on Shikari last year wasn't to be the best U.S. runner, right? It was to become mm-hmm. like a world champion type runner. So... She still has yet to get to that standard that people kind of put on her, and justifiably so because she's she was running out of her mind last year. She has yet to get there, but she definitely has gotten away from the oh you're distracted, oh you're you care too much about non-track stuff, you're tweeting too much, mm-hmm. this that and the other thing. You can't say that now. You on ten nine two at pre second behind Elaine Thompson Raw. Clearly, you've been focusing on your craft. Clearly, she's been training. Clearly, she hasn't just, like, turned into a celebrity. Like, she's 
still focus on what she was being paid to do, which is run 100 meters. Mm -hmm. Well, when she was running the fast times early season last year, and the expectation got placed on her that she was going to be a gold medalist, like Thompson Hurrah hadn't yet run under 1070. All of her sub 10.7s, Thompson Hurrah, September, August, July, August. Now, Fraser Price had, she had that one early June in Kingston, that 1063, and nobody really knew what to do with that. We're like, whoa, is this just like a crazy, huge one-off performance? Or is Shelly Ann now like a 10.6 runner? So two things happened at once. Richardson had the, had the suspension, then came back, had her whole season disrupted. But then Fraser Price and Thompson Hurrah went a complete level up. And I think that's why everybody realistically thought, oh, yeah, gold, gold, gold. Like, that's that's the, the expectation. That's what we should think about when we think about her. And But that's changed. But that's changed since then. And I think it's it's all right. Now, you mentioned there's still that gap, right? And that gap exists until we see some sort of vulnerability from top two Jamaican women, which we haven't seen yet. But you can't control them. If you're Richardson, you have to just keep running your race. And that's why I think the, you know, first priority, just get, get, get on the team, get on the team. Then you figure out how to make the final and roll the dice. Do you think she's going to run one more time for USA's or do you think that's it for Richardson? No, I think she'll run again. I just think you can only bet, get confident, more confidence off of this race. Like, I don't see any way to, to frame it negative. I mean, I'm clicking around, like looking at the comments and stuff too. It's just funny how positive i mean some people are always going to be negative but it just seemed like way more people were just like all right cool she's back like even people who had spent the last year just like hating on her were just like oh cool awesome she she's back so i think she'll run again because i think it's it's gonna you know be fun again and the, and the pressure and the expectations are there but it, if she can if she can manage that stuff i think getting in another effort before well um U.S. champs would be smart, but we'll see. Do you think she's gonna mm -hmm. run again? I don't know. I could say I could see maybe no. I don't know though. It's still three weeks out. That's still a little ways to go uh, before World Championship or before keep going World Championship, U.S. Championships. So maybe one more uh, race to sharpen up a bit there. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, Men's 100. How do you think the narrative shifted in the men's 100, Gordon? Sorry, I'm muting and unmuting myself throughout this podcast for the viewers. Um, I think the men's 100, which from the start, from the get-go, has always been the most confusing race because it was never a one-versus-one type buildup. Mm -hmm. There were like six to seven guys, you all had a reason why they are the star. And then you'd have them all beat each other. Like there wasn't yeah, someone yeah. who was beating everyone. And then there was a moment when we thought, all right, I think this is a Jacobs and Coleman show, right? We saw them do it in the 60. They were hair, like a hairline difference between the two of them in the 60. Coleman's the world champion. Jacobs is the Olympic champion. All right, we got our matchup. And then we're like, all right, well, let's not forget about Fred Curley. But Fred Curley was losing to Fern Fernand, uh, the Kent 
um, Omanyala. Mm-hmm. And so we still kind of were thinking, all right, it's still Jacobs and Coleman. But then we forget about, we don't forget, but we <laughs> don't talk about Mr. Trayvon Bromel. Mm-hmm. Trayvon Bromel, who was disqualified in Birmingham, kind of didn't have much on his resume. I mean, he, he did, but didn't have like a notable win. Winning this race puts Bromel back into the conversation of yeah. the favor to win the 100-meter title. And it's kind of weird to say, did you forget about Bromel? It's just so – Bromel's such a weird um, regular season runner where he has these great moments and he has like a random injury and then he, he's, he flutters at the Olympic final. You don't know – and then he comes back from the Olympic final and runs a world lead in Nairobi. It's just like all over the place. And this adds to that chaos of the all over the place now that Trayvon Bromel wins a good 100-meter dash, which had pretty much everyone except for like two or three guys. Yeah. Um, and I do think that the narrative here is this is not a Coleman versus Jacobs show anymore. This is a, this is a party. Anyone can come. We also have, you know, Seville uh, of Jamaica. Yeah. He's going to be in the party eventually, right? You have Omanyala of Kenya. He's going to be in the party. You have maybe one of these college kids, which we'll talk about later in the pod. They could be in the party. I just yeah. think this 100 meter, you're going to look at that start line. There's going to be six guys on that start line. And you're going to be like, all six of those guys can win. There's not going to be a heavy favorite. I'm willing to say, I bet you lane four and five at Worlds won't win. We typically put the two fastest guys in lane four and five. I think someone in lane six, three, two, eight, seven will win because it's just isn't isn't six the new preferred lane? Oh, yeah. I should extend well, that to I mean. so, no four, five, or six. You're, you're predicting you go, a, no four, a, a, a an outer lane athlete. Yeah, I, you know, with Coleman struggling in this race, obviously not willing to count him out yet. It'd be way too early. He got third, ten oh four. It'll be fine. But, like, the list of guys who can win is really long, right? You got Rommel. You got Jacobs. You got Curley. You got Coleman, right? You're talking about some of the collegians, Makai Williams. Like, are we going to count out Omanyala? Seville, I'd like to see again. Like, the list is growing. It's not shrinking as the season goes on. Usually the opposite happens, and we settle in on one or two or three people, tops. And it is cliche. Oh, anybody can win it. Just, you know, make it the final. Anyone in this group. But that doesn't usually fare out at all. But I think this year, as of right now, where we're at, heading into June, that's the current state of the men's 100. Coleman has the buy, which is huge now. Just huge. This is one of the most valuable buys in all the world. Because you feel good about Curly. You feel good about Bromel. Coleman's already in. That leaves one spot. That leaves one spot out there for every other American runner. Well, I guess we can talk more later about who that might be. I think there's four or five candidates right now. But it's huge for Coleman not to have to worry about trials. How oh, Excuse me for – How How concerned – are you about Coleman? Because I'm kind of concerned. 
I know we talked about the concern level when he ran that 10 flat in Tokyo by himself. Yeah. I feel like Coleman may not even medal at Worlds. It's a while. We still got a while to go. I mean, I, I'd say medium. I'd be f- I, five out of 10. Remember, five out of 10. was it? Yeah. Yeah. I look back at recent pre. I mean, he won pre in 19, but like Baker won pre in 18. DeGrasse won pre uh, I mean, last year. I mean, those guys all went on and ran really well. So, I mean, he's in the mix. He's healthy. I, I just don't think it's going to be – we're not going to have a runaway winner. I would be surprised if the margin of victory at the World Championships is bigger than like 0.04 or something like that. I think it's going to be a very close race. So, again, just, just get through and get a lane. And Coleman's got to worry about the two rounds to get himself to the final. All these other guys, you know, all these Americans have to worry about getting through U.S. championships and all the anxiety that comes along with that. So I just think it's very, very even right now. All right. So your medium concern about Coleman? Yeah, I'd be a five out of ten. Okay. What about Andre DeGrasse? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get suckered into thinking that Andre DeGrasse is out of it until I'll start worrying about Andre DeGrasse at like 70 meters into the final at the world championships. That's when I will worry about Andre DeGrasse. He just knows where to be at the right time. Not going to work. What did he get? Oh, we lost, we lost Kevin. Yeah. See, the world doesn't even want us to know Kevin's take on Andre DeGrasse. We'll wait for Kevin to refresh. Apologies for my voice. I'm struggling a little bit. Did a little too much screaming the other day. But yeah, anyway. I'm back. Oh, Ken's back. All right. Yeah. Finish your Andre DeGrasse point. Finish your Andre DeGrasse no. point. No, I just, as long as I got my DeGrasse. I heard the joke. So you, you can keep Dude, going. The internet does not like that. Your or your Wi-Fi connection is up is a big Andre DeGrasse fan because they don't want you to get out your anti Norman take. Let's no, I it's not anti. It's not anti. It's pro. It's oh, okay. I'm never going to count this guy out because he all he does is get to World Championships and Olympic Finals and win medals. So he got last, and I'm still not going to count him out. Not concerned at all. Let's talk about uh, Michael Norman narrative flip there. I think it's pretty easy. He went from a guy who was Outside the medal picture, which was a head scratcher for those of us who followed his career all those years, to now, I'm not going to call him a medal favorite. I'm not going to put, or a gold medal favorite. I'm not going to put him ahead of Steven Gardner, but I'd say he's a now a medal contender with a solid shot at gold and just a great throwback performance to, you know, 2018, 2019 Norman. Okay. You could say that because when you do run 43 6, there's no way in hell you're finding three other people who can yeah. run 43-6 in this world, right? But we've seen this before. We've seen the fast time. Well, once. We've seen it once. He's only run faster yeah. one time, 2019, and then he got hurt. 2021, he never ran under 44, if I'm not mistaken. We all just were assuming he was 2019 Michael Norman or 2018 Michael Norman was going to get back to where he was. But 
This is the second fastest time ever. So if he can stay healthy, I think it's a different story this time. I know. Fool me once, Kevin. I'm just going to keep believing in Michael Norman. I'm choosing to believe. Go ahead, Gordon. Sorry. But, like, I don't think Michael Norman's flaws are his inability to run 43 seconds. I think it's his inability to put it together when it counts most under the pressure and in the third round of three 400s. Yeah, true. But I think you're forgetting last year he never did it. He was 44 low guy, and he stayed a 44 low guy all year. We just assumed he would be 43 when the time came because of his history. But he never really got going last year. He had some early season wins. He won trials, but he was never – he never showed the early season form that he did in 19 or, you know, as good as he was at NCAA champs in, in 18. But think, again, you call me a sucker. You say, hey, I'm being naive. You can play this back to me in July. But I think this is, is different. That last 200 was so aggressive. If he can figure out the timing, if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to medal. I think he's got a shot at – I think he's definitely got a shot yeah. at, at gold. Because listen, when you say if he's in his timing, it's figuring out the date of when to do it. Yes. It's not yes. the timing in the race, it's the timing of no. the race, aka the well, world final. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very analytical. Like you watch all of his interviews and he, you know, talking about I gotta go watch the tape, I gotta go back and yes, he's concerned about the timing of the race, but I'm talking about being at his best at the end of the season or at, at world championships. If he runs this sort of mark, who can go with him? I mean, I think it's going to put him past Karani James. The question is uh, Gardner. Gardner's the only other guy, right? There's not a long list. Yeah. You know, Zambrano's out there as well, too. But it, it, it's pretty much going to be between him and Gardner if he runs 43 mid. Yeah. All right, let's go to the distance stuff. Let's get to the distance stuff real quickly. Uh, Oliver Hoare. Oh, wow. Nate says Matt Hudson-Smith will go 43. Maybe. Maybe 43 yeah, high. He got British record, though. Props to Matthew Hudson-Smith. It's a British record. Um, Oliver Hoare got second. Uh, Sinclair Johnson ran 358, and uh, Paul Chalimo struggled. What distance narratives changed for you, Gordon? All three of those. I would say first narrative is I believe Oliver Hoare now has a magical chance to win gold. Before he had a the magical chance to medal, but now I would say now he has a magical chance to win gold, which is better. I know they both sound like not a chance, but they it makes sense in my head when I describe what magical chance means. But yeah, Alba Hor's second place finish in that field that was a world final field. Um, you know, he could have a Josh Kerr-esque type performance like Josh had at um, the Olympics and maybe even better because even though Jakob Ingebrigtsen was pretty dominant in that race, you know, 1,500, mm-hmm. anything's, anything can happen. Um, we saw Kip Sang dominate all season long, and he got he struggled a little bit in this race. So I, I believe the narrative that flipped in my mind for the 1,500 was Oliver Hoare 
is not a plus one at in the in the mm-hmm. world final. He's going to be an invited guest who's supposed to be there to potentially win a medal. You know, because you have mm-hmm. when it goes to the fifteen hundred, you have invited guests and plus ones, right? Your invited guests: Ingebrigtsen, <laughs> Chariot, Kip Sang, mm-hmm. Oliver Hoare, Josh Kerr. That's sure. probably about it. Those are the invited invited guests. And then you have the plus ones. You have the three U.S. athletes. You have a couple other British athletes. You have, you know, Paulson, Will Paulson of Canada, right? But mm-hmm. you have your five main invited guests, Ingebrigtsen, Hoare, Chariot, Kipsang, and um, Kerr. And then everyone else is a plus one. Hoare is not a plus one. He is an invited guest. He's here at the wedding. He has a chance to win a gold medal, which is we didn't work. We weren't thinking that, you know, 72 hours ago. Now we are, mm-hmm. or at least I am. Yeah. He always was probably. I mean, a good close here. We got the splits up here. He ran. It's like 28, 34 over the last, uh, 200 and maybe well, last 209. I don't know if that's all the way to the finish line in any event. That the fastest of the field. Yeah, it looks like it's the fastest of the field. So being able to close off that fast pace is very important. So yes, uh, yeah, I don't know what the gaps are. I mean, you you watch this race and you want to overreact and make it Ingebrigtsen and and everybody else, but you know Chariot will be ready when the time comes. So how big of a gap is there? And you also know that. Kerr is capable. Tefera beat Ingebrigtsen. There's just a lot, a lot of guys. It's great. The, the men's 1500 right now is great. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. Um, all right. Johnson, 350. Let's just go through this real quick. Johnson, 358. Uh, seven women broke four in that race. She beat a lot of big names. I think you'd have to put her, just because the, that women's 15 is so wide open, I think you'd have to put her right now, top three. U.S. woman in the 15. She beat Pierre St. Pierre um, in this race. And then, and then Chalimo. We got to talk about Chalimo. You're one of your favorite runners. Didn't run well in that 1500 in, in Nairobi. And then in this 5,000, which was a strange 5,000 because Berhu Garbage like hammered it from the front and kind of left everything in, in, you know, scrambled everything. But, uh, Chalimo did not, did not finish. Yeah, there's a little bit of a concern meter going off for Chalimo. Um, he's not running much, right? He's only run. I mean, when did he drop out? How many meters did he run in the, in the five k? Yeah, you couldn't even really, you couldn't even tell. Yeah, that, that race so. was so all over the place when they were showing it. But yeah, he's. I mean. You look at who else – who do you feel good about right now in the men's five? All, all those guys coming back from the 10, you'd think have at Talk least a solid US? chance. On the U.S. Side? Yeah, U.S. I'm, not about making, I'm talking about making the team here. I'm not even talking about gold. I'm just talking about is he going to make the team. I mean, well, the like two made it, guys, What is that? He made it like four minutes in. Four minutes. Oh, wow. I would say the two Powerman guys and uh, Tier. Those are like the big Black three now. Klecker, probably, yeah, Klecker, yeah. So that's big four. And then now, Chalimo, like, could Chalimo, man, 
If Chalimo doesn't make the, the team, that would be crazy, man. Are you going to cancel your trip to Eugene? Yeah, I'll cancel my trip. Second trip? Okay. My second trip. Uh, I mean, I still have I still have a little bit of a belief because, obviously, he he's a vet. He's been there. He knows what it takes to put it together at the right moment. Um, but he's not looking like a world beater. He's not looking like, hey, guys, USA is just a formality. I'm focusing on winning a global gold, right? Because that's what he was thinking previous seasons. He was thinking global golds. Now I feel yeah. like he needs to take a step back and think, all right, top three at USA's. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but the doubt is growing. Um, he just needs to go out there and give me one solid race, and then the, the doubt will go away. All right, let's transition to the NCAA side of things. Had a bunch of uh, headlines here in the regionals. Makai Williams of Oregon, win legal. 986. Joseph Fonbelay of Florida had another incredible comeback. And then we got to see Abby Steiner and uh, Favreau Feely out there in the East prelim. Four women ran sub 10, 9, although windy out in the West. Um, of those four, what was the most significant to you? Oh, Williams by far. 986 win legal? You kidding me? Look at that face. Throw that up. <laughs> No, no sweat. Pose. I love it. No sweat by Williams. Uh, dude, 986. He needs to be focusing on making the world team now. Like, hell, not even making the world team. He could be focused on winning gold. I mean, 986 went legal. That is, if we saw Jacobs do that, if we saw Coleman do that, if we saw Bromel do that, we would all be like, mm -hmm. whoa, here we go. You're the gold medal favorite. And he's doing this in a random NCAA West prelim while the Prefontaine stars are going off running nine nines. Man, I, I think Williams should be the prohibited favorite to be in that top three with Curly and um, Bromel. Coleman, I'm assuming not running because of the bye. Uh, and if you can make top three in the U.S., you can make top three in the world. I mean, that's just how it is. So most impressive performance for me was Williams from Oregon. It's kind of crazy because he didn't even he got disqualified in the in the NCAA indoors. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he has a lot to run for. He's probably running a lot of adrenaline. He's like, y'all don't forget about me. I'm running nine eights. Yeah, indoors was a fluke. He ran all the trials last year too. We didn't yeah. really pay him. He was on the four by one. He was yeah. yeah. He was quietly really really good in his first trials appearance so he's got some big meat experience too uh his start is just incredible i mean he he gets out puts pressure on the whole field it's what made him so good in the 62 but yeah 986 that surprised me when i saw that mark i thought because we were talking about who's the hunter Wiener favorite on the men's side and unfortunately burnett of usc got injured but i think it's pretty clear for the NCAAs, it's it's Makai Williams now and uh, everybody else. And 986 will do that. Isn't you know, it crazy? Ash will be in the mix. Bowling will be in the mix. But, you know, it's got to be Williams. Isn't it crazy that Makai Williams, he's going to be sleeping in his own apartment or dorm wherever he lives for his Pac-12 championship, his NCAA championship, his USA championship, yeah. and his world championship. Yeah. He doesn't have to go anywhere. 
He just wakes up. Not bad. Doesn't have to get a hotel. Doesn't do any of that stuff. Gets to sleep in his own bed, shower in his own shower at the World Championships. Yeah. From Worlds all the way to Pac-12s. Pretty wild. Mm -hmm. uh, on the women's 100, 200 side of things, Steiner and Ophelia. I know that women's 200 is just like our favorite event this year. So any anything you can read out of those prelim results? Unfortunately, no. They ran well. They ran they ran the races like prelims. Even the second race of their prelim, they ran like a prelim. Um, I don't think they ran any race together. I think every time they ran, they weren't in the same heat. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure all four of their races were separate from each other. So, um, yeah, right now, Ophelia has the upper hand because of SECs, but no one will remember SECs. They're only going to remember NCAA. So the real matchup that matters most is the one that's going to happen in a week or so from now. So they're both looking good. They're both looking like they're firing on all cylinders. And um, right now it's going to be Ophelia the favorite because of SECs. But Steiner will, I mean, if Steiner wins. It's not going to be like upset. If Ophelia wins, it won't mm -hmm. be an upset. So they're evenly matched. Uh, and hopefully they're... Talent and their even evenly matchedness leads to a collegiate record again. Because Billy already has it, but a new one. Yeah, Steiner was the twenty two oh one, right with the with the wind. Um, in that two hundred, but it's hard to prelim results are weird. Some people just go to the well on prelims, and some people just cruise. Ophelia was. 11.02 and then 22.08, but 11.02 was into a 1.3, 22.08 was legal. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you look at, then you look at the West side of things, right? Where you had all a bunch of people, sub, four women, sub 10.9 in the West. Now that was windy, right? Are we, but, are we sleeping on Julian Alfred? Well, I'm not. I mean, I have her ranked in the top 10 in the world in the 100 which is a hard list to get on to. But you had Alfred go 1080 with a 2.2. Chuck Wuma from Texas Tech, 1082 with a 2.6. Barnes from USC, 1089 with a 2.7. Kemba Nelson from Oregon, 1085 with a 2.6. So, no, I think, I mean, I think Alfred, is Alfred the favorite in the 100? I think so. Yeah. That's how but I like, I'm not even thinking about sleeping on her from the NCA level. I'm talking about sleeping talking on about her the world level. at the world level. Here are her results. Skip the first two. 1098, 1081, <laughs> 1080, 11 flat, 1080. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are windy, so people discount them. But if she makes the final... Everyone's be like, oh, that makes sense. Like, why do we think she wasn't <laughs> going to make the final? But long way to go still. I think the first priority is just looking at that, looking at that NCAA meet. I think that's going to be, be hard enough because you know somebody's going to – like Steiner and Ophelia are going to be tough, right? And then I just said there's three other women who ran under that 10-9 mark. And then you got Jefferson, the 60-meter champ. Can't count her out. I'm sure there's somebody else I'm missing too. But. Uh, Fanville's race was fun as per usual. I mean, 
I just love watching this guy's hundreds uh, and two hundreds. Love everything about watching him run. He was a ten oh four this week, uh, fastest time from the east. Just with another just incredible comeback. If you haven't done the race, people can find it on on social media. But the comebacks are just so like you see him do it, so you you know to what to expect. But it feels like he's in a deeper hole every time he does it you know it's just like it's like watching uh like a superhero movie it's like how how's how's he gonna get out of this pickle that he's in like how's how are they gonna solve this sort of riddle and it's just like each time it gets more and more complicated and there's more and more uh enemies that he's going against and somehow he he solves it every single time just in the nick of time kind of reminds me of christina boma and Boma was always kicking late, come, ended up getting silver yeah. at the Olympics. Yeah, man. If Fompula had Christian Coleman start, my God, we'd be looking at an animal. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He'd be like he nine. Figure that out. He'd be like nine six, something. I don't know. I don't know what the uh, what the conversion would be on that, but. And I guess it's that's the way sports work, right? Not everybody has every tool. Otherwise, there'd be it, it wouldn't be fair. So he's got that part of his race. Uh, the first, you know, 20, 30 is always an adventure. But then from that point in, it's just incredible. I mean, it's just, again, he's doing this against really good competition. It's going to be harder to do it as he gets better and better. And if he's at a world championship final, just like we saw, you know, with the Olympics, you run out of space, you run out of real estate. But I'd rather have to fix that than to fix the rest of the top. The top end speed, you, that's tough to fix. The start, theoretically, you could fix. It's taken, he's still dealing with it, but maybe at some point he gets that part down. And then, yeah, even if it just shaves off a little bit of time, you're going to talk about, you're talking about a guy who could win medals for sure. I feel like he probably drives his head coach, Mike Holloway, nuts. He's like, gosh, you're great. You're one of the best I've ever coached. But for goodness sake, can you at least give me something in the first 20 meters of your races? Just something, you know? <laughs> so yeah. He, well, he gives him a heart attack every sure time he watches him run, you know? I'm sure he's tried. I'm sure they've tried everything yeah. to try to fix it because it's been going on a year now. It's true. You're plus of this again it, it makes for very entertaining viewing on our on our side of things and i mean he's just he's incredible he's amazing so so much fun to watch uh other ncaa stuff before we move on what do you got uh randolph ross ran 44-2 looked good i mean ross i know michael norman is just coming off of 43-6 but if ross mm -hmm. continues to progress i could see ross running 43 seconds in the ncaa final then all of a sudden, mm. it will be like, all right, two 43-second guys going at it at USA's. And then same thing on the, on the hurdle side, Trey Cunningham, 13.07 into a negative 1.5 headwind. That converts to about a 13.02. Mm. We talked about it. Grant Holloway hasn't really been running out of his mind, if at all much. Trey Cunningham could find a way to upset 
Grant Holloway at USA's. It could happen. Well, Holloway probably won't even run USA's now that I think about it because he has the bye. But Drake Cunningham could be our US champion. That's crazy. Drake Cunningham could potentially even break Grant Holloway's collegiate record. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not that so far off. What's 1298? 1298? Yeah, did he even get that? Yeah. I think so. 1307 into a negative 1.5 in a prelim? That's. You can run 1298. You more concerned about Holloway or Chalimo in terms of your, your favorite guys? Chalimo. Chalimo. Mm. Yeah, Holloway, you know he's gonna be at Worlds. He's got the yeah. he's got the buy. That's it's not even a question. Hey, we gotta bring up the eight hundred though when people run fast. Zahafi from Texas Tech, one forty four. He's single-handedly going to account for half of the sub-145s, I think, by the end of the season. Not who I thought would be the guy that everybody's talking about in the 800 this year, both from the NCAA perspective or from the world perspective, but that's where we're at. Although we might see a good 800 today as we record this. We got the the Ostrava. Yeah. Ostrava World or Continental Tour going on today with a good – 800 field, eventually someone's going to run something fast. But Zahafi just looks like he's – I know we do, we do this every year in the NCAA with an 800-meter runner. It's like one, one person is just unbeatable, and then a lot of times they get upset. It's like a curse. They get upset by the time we get to the world uh, – sorry, NCAA championships. Zahafi's that guy. You know, Zahafi's like the, you know, the Seven Dixon career. Dixon, exactly. There's always – somebody there who everybody thinks is unbeatable and then some they come in with the big i mean brazier yeah well brazier was man not i missed the glory days of the 800 (laughs) maybe it'll be back soon who knows um all right we're gonna go to kick a week in a second first of all though i want to check in colt uh is your is your microphone on colt yes what's up how do you think Gordon's doing? Just you've done a lot of podcasts in your time. Uh, <laughs> I, I how, do. How do you think he's doing? I think he's powering through. I do respect the uh, lean over and spit into the bucket, which I assume is happening. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going. It's going. Oh god! No, don't. <laughs> don't you get? Okay. <laughs> That's so gross. Are you doing any audio tricks to make his voice even worse? Because I think that would kind of be funny at this point. Ooh. Just make him sound like a robot by the end. <laughs> Everybody would believe it. I don't think he needs any help from me. I don't think any <laughs> filter can, can help this. Have you tried cough drops, Gordon? In my life, yes. No, today. This weekend, no. Right. Come on. That would have been you my really think I'm going to get out in the car, drive 1.5 miles, walk into a CVS and purchase three ninety nine packet of cough drops? No. Impossible. No. I don't have time. DoorDash it. You and Colt could DoorDash them. DoorDash it and then charge me a six ninety nine service and a twelve dollar tip. No, it doesn't doesn't bother you when you get food from them all the time. You're not worried about. But yeah, it. you could have got them yesterday. Good. Food's good. <laughs> food's good. That is true. Uh, no one's going to disagree with you on that one. Um, all right, let's get to hold on. Let's do kick of the week in a second here. Any people talking to us on the YouTube comments? I'm checking on the chat here. Uh, I, they've probably given up on the show at this point. Um, nah, don't give up on the show. 
I'm sorry to all of our viewers that I wasn't there on Saturday. I had yeah. prior plans that were already scheduled. Oh, we heard about. I started. Some people started criticize me that I'm missing a, too many pots because I missed the Birmingham pod and I missed the Prefontaine pod. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. When I get to three, that's when you can start criticizing. So. Two is a fluke. Three is a trend. So when I get to three missed pods, then you can start getting up. Didn't you say last week, if I do it one time, it's a fluke? If I do it twice, that's when you can trust it? Yeah, that's true. Good memory, Colt. Uh, Colt. Um, What's up? I may have said that, but <laughs> sometimes you don't mean the things you say. And sometimes things don't apply to you that apply to others. The situation... Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I understand. I have nothing. I have, I have no response. I plead. The horrible, f- horrible life lessons being taught by Gordon Mack on the pod. All right, let's go to kick of the week. It's kick of the week time. We're gonna look at two kicks, both from Double. the CIF. Double kick this week, both from the CIF championships. That's the high school state championships out in. California. Let's get that first one going. Um, this is the, the yeah, girls four by four here. Let me set the stage here. Uh, you got Long Beach Wilson out front, and then Takia Sensi of Clovis North got the stick four seconds by. Let's freeze it right there, Colt, if you could. Actually, yeah, let's freeze this one or bring it back a little bit. Let's look at that gap a little bit earlier on. Uh, now, Sensi is the was the open 400-meter champion. So you knew she had some wheels. Uh, but Wilson, obviously, very good. Other thing to consider as we keep this race rolling here, they're running at, at home in Clovis. So you got the hometown windy support. Too. Very windy. Uh, last event of the meet. And Sensi's just going to walk them down. What do you think of this, Gordon? So, typically, kick of the weeks, you, you don't get them until, you know, 10 meters left. She completed yeah. the kick halfway through the race. So, this is like a kick yeah. of the week um, uh, I didn't, half, half price special. Well, I didn't want to punish her for her dominance. That's what I thought about it. I was like, Sensi is so, she's so good in this anchor leg. Um, and obviously, you know, anytime you win a a four by four at the end of the meet, you're going to be fired up. But doing it in front of the hometown crowd, especially, going to get you all jazzed. So that's why I was like, "You're right. It's not it's not dramatic." But it was a she erased a, about four second gap in what was that? Two hundred and eighty meters. She could have waited another a hundred meters and yeah. added some more drama. But she's just she's like too good. Is what I'm saying. I didn't want to penalize her for being that good. Well, have you? You know what I would appreciate if there were runners out there who would look for the theatrics of their kick, and even though mm. they know, hey, I could I could win this race by 15 meters. You know what? I want to have that fun photo finish look. So I'm gonna sandbag mm-hmm. a little bit in the back turn to then eventually pull away for the ultimate kick of the week. Yeah, add a little bit of drama to it. Exactly. 
I remember watching a team one. once. They basically chilled for 300 and then sprinted away the last 100 of every single leg. It just wasn't a dual meet. And the coach of the opposing team was not happy afterwards that they did that. Not a good scene. So that was a little – they took it a little too far in the other direction. Uh, okay. But people have tried it. The other one – so it's boys now. We're going over to the boys. Now, this is a little bit different. Let me set the stage. Let's freeze it right here. It's good Let's go back spot. a second here. Yeah. So we're going to freeze it right there. So – the team in third. This is an, another n- non-traditional kick of the week. The team in third, central. They just need to get second. Kevin froze. So they just need to get second, I'm guessing, to win the meet points-wise. So let's see what happens. So it's a kick for second because second is what it takes to score the six points to win the team title. And they look pretty far back from second. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're like four seconds back. So that's the battle for first. But the real question is, can one of these guys fall back and get caught by third place? Yeah. So freeze it here again. So on, on the anchor leg there for Central, Jeremiah Walker, 400 meter champion. Now, again, just needs to get second. If they, if they get second, they'll win the team title by one point. So ahead of them is uh, Wilson, Long Beach Wilson, and then ahead of Wilson right, right now is Cathedral. So let's keep rolling here. Again, we're doing non-traditional kicks of the week here. So Cathedral's out Can front, Wilson, and then Walker. For Central, trying to give them the oh. team title. And with 100 to go, still a couple strides behind, doing everything he can to make the pass. And so there's two things going on here. Cathedral, super pumped, they win. But then Central is able to clinch the team title in the final strides. Gotta love Again. a kick of the week for second. Four by fours. And a kick of the week yeah. that was over in 200 meters. Classic kick of the week entries for the week. I know. I, I wanted to go in another direction. But, I mean, look at this close. This is, a, this is incredible. I mean, he's way far back to do it. And the team needed second. He got him second. They win the meet by one point. That's pretty cool, right? That's cool. Yeah. Nothing like a four by four. four. Close out a meet. It comes in all... Kicks of, kicks of the week come in all shapes and sizes, different dynamics across the board. So those are the two kicks of the week uh, out of the California state meet. Uh, checking on the chat before we go. Any questions, comments, thoughts about Gordon's health? You can drop them in there right now. All of it this week in track coming up later on today. The race breakdown. We'll do another pod tomorrow, actually, because today's Tuesday, huh? Man, you're gonna have yeah. to you're gonna have to recover rally quickly because I'm getting rally. all this talking probably set you backwards. Cough drops and rally is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, you might need to do that, DoorDash, for six ninety nine and get some hauls over to you ASAP. 
Uh, you think this is bad? You should have heard my voice on Saturday. That's all I gotta say. I did. I was, called you. You were just oh, like, yeah, yes. "This is what Jordan was saying." He said, "Hey, did you watch those ten Ks last night? That was a pretty crazy fight." And I said, "What? Why are you talking like this? Are you in a library?" Oh, I lost my voice. And I said, "All right, I'm gonna let you go." He said, "Bye." I see yeah. dead people. Yep, yep, yep. Should not. I need to learn and control. Uh, JW says Norman will medal at Worlds. He needs to double at the 100 and 400. So, oh, he's saying he's only going to medal at Worlds if he chooses to do the one, two? No, it was two separate sentences. Norman will medal oh, at okay. Worlds. He needs to double at 100 and 400. People just, uh, people want to see that one and four. Yeah, that would have um, Anthony says, uh, please recover quickly, Gordon. Pod isn't a pod without your rants. I appreciate that. I'm working on it. I mean, he trying kind of better. tried I'm to I'm excited, rant. though. Like, dude. Ran out of gas, though. June, June's going to be crazy. June's going to be crazy with a lot of great track, a lot of great pods. NCA's coming. We have, like, six continental tours in the next, like, four days. There's literally one today. And then there's, like, 12 this weekend. Obviously, the mm-hmm. Diamond Leagues are going on. USA's will be... We'll be in Eugene for USA's, so that'll be fun. Do pods from the ground. We'll do mm-hmm. pods after every day. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited. David says, Kevin, take him some cough drops. Be a friend. I would. I have two kids with me, though, in the other room. So one's daycare got shut down because of COVID. The other one is school ended uh, last week, and camp hasn't started yet. So we have a week of Nothing, which probably explains my internet connection because they're on nine different streaming devices, I'm guessing, in the other room, which I need to check on here as soon as I hang up. So I would take care of Gordon, but I have to take care of other other human beings. Uh, Rose Runner says, admit Hawker is better than Tier. No, because that was Hawker's first win over Tier ever. So Hawker... Tier is now five and one instead of six and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. He didn't smoke them. They finished back to back, place wise. So tier's better. I hope maybe this I can be proven right or wrong with this because maybe tier will enter the fifteen hundred and try to do a fifteen five k double. I think tier should at least do the fifteen hundred. Be like. Because even a bad day for Cooper Tier is going to get at least third in the 1500. So maybe I'll be able to, we'll see this through at a real race. Not that Prefontaine's not a real race, but I mean, a race that matters is a qualifying championship. So um, we'll see. I mean, saying Tier is better than Hawker is not diminishing Hawker, it's elevating Tier because Hawker's great. Hawker is a world championship finalist. I think Hawker will make another world championship final. I just think Tier is better. I think they're both great. I just think Tier is 1A and Hawker is 1B. Uh, Kevin, will you bet your house this year on Norman? No. I, I learned my mess lesson. I mean, I bet my house on Krauser. That's probably a, maybe, maybe 50 egg on after this week, but definitely. Wait. Definitely did you bet your house on Krauser to win world indoors? No, I wasn't. No, we did the most likely to – it was between him and Mondo who set a world record first indoors. We didn't – I'm never going to bet anything on world indoors that, that involves my financial future. Come on, I'm not stupid. 
Um, what's up with Safan? I don't know. Uh, I was bombed. We're like, why are people not talking about Herbert's knee and sub in the two mile? And then she scratched. It's like, all right, I guess that's why. Somebody knew something that we were not privy to. Uh, yeah, it's late now, and I guess she was going to run a 10K and said she wasn't going to run that as well, too. Uh, I'm, I'm bumping up the panic meter there, too, which would be a huge bummer because she's in three different events. Usually, if there's a star athlete not there, it's like, oh, man, I'm going to miss their presence in this one event. With Safana Sans, she adds stuff to all three. Uh, David says, don't you have three kids? Yeah, I still have three kids. One, their daycare is open, so they're able to go. The other two, no. Uh, Michael says, Gordon, does Murphy have to give up the mile forever now? Yes, 100%. All right. I mean, rules if that rules. was an 800, we need to be sending those papers, those retirement papers out to Murphy because you can't lose to a high school kid. I mean, clearly Murphy was just there for because he's a Nike athlete. And they're like, all right, I'll be in the mile. You can have – and he wasn't – Murphy definitely was in that race not to win it. He was in that race to collect the to, – to sign off on like, yes, I'm a Nike athlete. I'm here at Prefontaine. But to lose Solomon, come on, man. You're looking to try to win the global gold. Can't lose to a high school kid, even if it's not your event. Um, I mean, it's fine. I still think Murphy – 56, though, for Solomon. That's pretty good, though. Yeah, but like if Clayton Murphy can could can run three fifty four at minimum, he just chose not to. Like Clayton Murphy's good. Chose so. Gordon's new theory: pro runners choosing to not run as fast as they can. He did. He chose uh, not to because he's like, "What's in it for him? What's in it for Clayton Murphy to finish ninth versus thirteenth? Nothing." So he's like, "All right, I'll just try." I mean. He he, clo- he didn't he didn't try to get every last place, which he shouldn't because this isn't his priority. His priority is making an eight hundred meter team and getting a global gold in the eight hundred. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame him, but hey, careful now. Can't lose uh, high school kids. As I said, you have to retire when you lose a high school kid. But luckily, mm-hmm. Murphy is not a miler anymore, so the rule does not apply to him. But it almost did. All right. Uh, Elijah says tier basically said he's going to do the 1500 Rose says third spot for the U S 1500 is wide open. Yes. And yes. And he says, do you think Camacho Quinn get in the world record this year? <sighs> yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know, man. I, it's so tough because she was on a roll last year. Um, if you asked me at the beginning of last year, do I think it was possible? No. Um, but now you come into the year with that lifetime best. You think yes. I'll, I'll probably say no, and I'll be I'll be proven wrong. Um, disappoint. Almost no discussion of women's distance races at pre. I did the whole thing on the fifteen hundred and the eight hundred. I talked about Keeley, and then watch the recap pod. I did a whole thing. No discussion of Laura Muir. Just said Norris is struggling the fifteen. Yeah, I mean Muir was good in Birmingham. Flew across an ocean and then struggled. I don't know what, I mean, Ricky also struggled. Hodgkinson didn't. So, I mean, I don't know everybody's exact travel plans. I know Hodgkinson had said she had a tough time traveling over. Everybody's going to deal with that stuff differently, but yeah, we talked, we talked 1500 and 800 in the recap. Steeple 
Yeah, right. We did not talk steeple. I mean, I guess from the U.S. perspective, Coburn and Frerichs struggling early on. They were kind of out of the mix from that race. I know Coburn talked about she was just stuck. Like, they, the pace went out so fast, she was basically running by herself the entire time. That's a difficult way to open the season. I'm not going to read or overreact too much. I think Frerichs and Coburn will be in the mix when it counts. I mean, they'll be, they'll be top five, top six at Worlds for sure. I mean, they had they were part of the most memorable one-two finish in U.S. history. Was it in 2017 they did that? Yeah. That was fun, man. That was great. That's a wild though. That's a long time ago. Five years ago? Yeah. Man, time flies. 2017 uh, five years ago. Someone says, predict what time wins the men's 200 final at Worlds. I think a good over-under is will it be a season best? Will it be faster than Knighton's 1949? No. Will it be a season's best for the winner? Well, right, but it, okay. Because if it's, the winning it, time is 19.5, that could be a season's best for Lyles, but not a season's best for Knighton. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be slower than 49. I'm going to go like 19 – 58. I like that. That's a good number. Let me go 1953. <laughs> that's not that much different. Come on. That's, that's very different, you should, man. You should either go 19.3 or 19.8. This is just, you gotta, you can't, can't differ by like hundreds of seconds. Like, you so you want me to lie to the people? You want me to make no. something up? Give a take you I don't told- believe in? Come on. You, you just um, told truth. us. Colt, what's your pick? Winning time, men's 200 worlds. Uh, 1954. <laughs> this price is right, my ass, right there. <laughs> Come on, man. What? Yeah. One second. One second higher. Uh, Anthony says 55. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Everyone's, I mean, we're all. We should have like a bingo card. Like, what was know, the like grass? The Super Bowl? You have like the. Yeah. Scoring the grass card, was six- everyone can pick a time, and the winning time gets like a T-shirt or something. That'll be fun. The grass was that. sixty-two, right? Was the grass sixty-two? I don't in, know. Uh, Tokyo. The grass, dude. The grass is, doesn't have it anymore. He was sixty-two. Lyles was fifty-two at pre last year. Those are the top two times. Uh, you know what I'm gonna worry about, Andre DeGrasse in the two hundred? Seventy meters in, I get it. No, one hundred twenty meters in, he gets more latitude at the two hundred. You can wait another 50 meters. Uh, let's see. David says 1968. JJ says 194. All right, we're getting a little bit of variation. Maybe we should just keep this ongoing. People just every day put their prediction in the chat. I will leave it there. Gordon's coughing again. I thought he was getting better throughout. I thought his voice was getting uh, a little smoother, but I guess not. Thanks to Colt. Thanks to Travis. We'll be back tomorrow. You guys don't need to wait long for a pod. Uh, 9 a.m. Central, live, subscribe. See you then.